This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris. Well, before I say a word here today, let me just let you know I just had a nasty coughing fit. Man, I, I mean, I feel pretty good right now. You know, I've been sick for a couple of days last week, and uh, I've been taking good care of myself. You know, I don't know if it's COVID. I didn't take a test. I had COVID. It was like a month ago. It wasn't that long ago. Maybe I should have took the bivalent uh, jab there. Maybe that would have made everything okay. I don't think so. But anyway, I'm just giving you a warning before I get into this. Uh, hopefully, my throat holds up. If not, I'll just take a little break. You don't mind. Hey, I learned something new. I don't know if you're aware of this. It kind of blows my mind. Were you not always led to believe? What does the camel store its water? How does a camel go so long in the desert without drinking water? Dave, are you listening? You've been in the desert. You've seen camels. Where does the camel keep its water? I was always led to believe that it was in the hump, right? And it was empty. The hump collapsed over. No, not the case. That's fat in there that it used for energy storage so it can go without eating as well. You know, a camel can drink 21 gallons of water in 10 minutes, and they don't mind drinking nasty water that other animals would pass up. It doesn't really surprise me because, to tell you the truth, camels are kind of nasty creatures. I've had some dealings with camels. Don't tell me. Anyway, there you go. Your zoology uh, abilities are up to date. So what are we talking about today? Well, I uncovered something, and if you uh, get the Epoch Times, Epic Times, Epoch, I thought the longest time I thought it was Epoch, I thought I heard them say that. And, uh, and some people started making fun of me, as is usual, and uh, I realized it's Epic Times, but I still say Epoch once in a while. To me, it's Epoch, you know? I think I should be able to recreate the, the phonetics, don't you? I think I could do a better job, quite frankly. So, it's a bold headline. This bars Trump from serving. Does it? Not legally. I'll say this. Pfizer needs to be investigated. Where am I going with this? This isn't about documents at Mar-a-Lago. This isn't about any of this nonsense. This is about representation, proper representation, and people being held accountable uh, for a certain level of, of ethics, Right? It's fair. Fair. You expect that your doctor is going to uphold a certain level of ethics, right? You don't really want a doctor who's comfortable entertaining certain unethical things. You don't want to get caught up in that with your doctor. Probably the same with your priest. I don't know. Teachers? Would you say the same? These are people that need to be held to a higher ethical standard. It's very important. Is it fair? I don't know. What about the guy who's held to a higher physical standard to do his job? And, you know, life isn't fair. The bottom line is, this is why the uh, Hasidic Jews have a corner on the, on the uh, diamond market. Because they're trustworthy. You know, nobody else can be, tr- be so trusted with, with thousands of the, they, these things are basically sold on consignment, I guess. And so you give the, the diamond dealer, you know, it could be, I'm sure, huge sums of money in diamonds. Little tiny thing. Oh, I was robbed. What do you mean you were robbed? You know, where's my diamonds? It never happens. 
because the, the integrity of the Hasidic Jews is at such a level, and this has gone on for, for many, many years. It's a good thing, as it should be. You want to become a diamond dealer? I guess you got to become a Hasidic Jew. Make sure you pass the, pass the ethical standards. These aren't things that are done by government. Think about this a second. You might think, well, this is kind of unfair. You know, if you're a black guy trying to get into the, the diamond dealer market, I don't think you're going to have much luck there, my friend. Any more luck than uh, some big German guy. Uh, you know, I, I don't think it's going to happen. The Gentiles, mm-mm, not with the diamonds. This may have changed a little bit, but this really was the way it was for many, many years. Many, many years. This institution with unwritten rules. Not a single theft, not a single problem. I may be exaggerating. I'm not that well clued into this, but more or less, more or less that was the case. And, uh, you know, people are trustworthy. They're put in trustworthy positions. There's unwritten rules. No government, no departments, no enforcement, none of that. No drama, no headlines, just ethical diamond dealing. Amazing, right? Because you have ethical people. So when you don't have, you, you need to hold people in certain positions to certain ethical standards. Do we agree on that? Now you want to start relaxing. You say, well, people deserve a second chance. Indeed, they do. Not in doubt. But all this has to go into the judge of character. And I'm sorry, this is the way things go. I believe in second chances. You know, if, if I was sitting on the on the jewelry side, would I, you know, hand a, a bag to somebody like me full of diamonds? No. No, I wouldn't. You know, I think I'm probably, you know, on the trustworthy scale. I don't know. I like to think I'm pretty high. I guess everybody probably does. Am I? Jeez. Not completely. There's limitations to that. Who would you think would have the higher ethical standard? The Hasidic Jew selling diamonds in Brooklyn? Or Chris over here blasting up behind the microphone? Let's say the Hasidic Jew. Probably put more thought into it. I don't know if it's a great comparison. It doesn't really matter. But this is critical, I think, to the uh, way our government's supposed to work, that we can have basic trust with each other. Look, when, when the priests... Or, or, or uh, and I'm just going to get a little uh, descriptive here if you have young ears or anything like that. But, you know, when, 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 the, when the, the, the schools were private, all of them, for a long time, and the, and the Catholic Church, everything was good until the priests started raping the children. Well, the parents didn't like that, if you could imagine. I mean, at least the, the priests upheld their, their ethical... Uh, Standing in the I'm a woman. Oh, no, oh, that changes everything. That makes it okay. We need to be accepting. Yeah, I'm going to be accepting. I'm going to talk more about that, but let me stay on point. When the, when the when you when when the integrity of the priests was destroyed, the integrity of the institution was destroyed. Very simple, really, right? Everything is about people all the time. At the end of that, I don't care. You can you can go through any kind of training. You can write any kind of laws. At the end of the day, the cop on the street's got the gun in the hand. And he's going to be the one to shoot you or not. Simple. Some of the stuff I'm seeing in that regard is horrific, by the way. Cops are fed up. Think people frustrated, clearly. But listen, let's talk about lawyers and ethical standards a second, right? They need to be held to ethical standards. If, if I'm on trial for murder that I didn't commit or something like that, well... You would want a lawyer who operates at a pretty high ethical standard, would you not say? At least in terms of how they deal with their 
clients. Now, he may have side, maybe he owns an ice cream business and he's, you know, very unscrupulous. Who cares? But as far as his legal dealings, it's like, ah, I need you. Now, I brought this up before in, in the same analogy in many ways. Let's just say you're going through a murder trial. This happens to people, right? Get accused of a crime. Whatever, I don't need to use murder. Let's not be so dramatic. You get accused of a crime, and they, they put you in handcuffs tightly. Nobody, nobody, nobody gets them loosely. Bring you in, they lock you up. You're going to go see the judge. He's going to set bail or not. It's problem number one, man. All of a sudden, you're like, I'm going to come up with $100,000 to get a million-dollar bail. Now, you know, if you're a drug dealer or whatever, these people, they, they are used to, you know, I, I, I don't call my mom for money. You know what I'm saying? So I think I have somebody, I, I, I'm running a mind. I'm in jail. You know, that's not how we do things. So now we're going to come up with the money. And that money's tied up, by the way, that whole time. And you're, like, living under fear until your trial date. Get it, you know, you're working with your lawyer, and you like them, but you had some questions. Suppose you got done the, the trial. You get drugged through all, you're like, how are, they, how are they setting bail so high? Like, how are they even charging me? I have a, a rock-solid alibi. You know, I, I said that I was at this location, and I've got witnesses to prove it that I couldn't have possibly been there. You never should have been arrested in the first place. You have physical evidence to show, video camera showing, right? It's not, they never should have been arrested. The judge wouldn't hear any of this, sets this bail at a million dollars, got $100,000 tied up. Maybe you come to find out it's because, uh, I don't know, maybe you were opening a new business in town, and a competitor who had a political friend, you know, something you can do to slow this guy. Oh, yeah, 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 we'll put him in his place. Remember I talked about that? Yeah, yeah, we'll put him in his place. So you go through the whole trial, whatever. You get. You finally get exonerated at the end. And you're sitting there at the table with your lawyer, and you're like, man, $40,000 in legal fees. I'm happy to pay it just to have my freedom. Thank you. You hug the guy. You hug him. Thank you. Even though you know, like, got some questions along the way, maybe not completely. I mean, get done hugging and crying and realizing your, your life's not completely destroyed. You just paid this guy 40 grand, big money. And uh, you get done and you're cleaning yourself up, wiping away the tears. <laughs> I'm being a little dramatic. Stay with me. The prosecutor comes over to your lawyer. He says, uh, hey, Bill, just want to welcome you aboard. We're looking forward to having you in the office on Monday. And you, you turn to him. You say, what, what was that all about? Oh, you know, I've been interviewing with the prosecutor's office. I, I got a job uh, as an assistant DA. I'm actually starting on Monday. What would you say to that? Whose side would you think that guy was on? Maybe just purely opportunistic. You're like, you know, that thing could have been dismissed you know, for $1,500 in legal fees if I had a proper lawyer. But this guy saw an opportunity. What do you think of people like that? I mean, what do you do when the people like that end up in government where you're talking about uh, money from many, many people? And, you know, you say, well, they stole a million dollars. What's the big deal? Because, uh, you know, over 25,000 people in our town, it's like $40 a person. All right, I'm not going to get too excited about it. It's a million dollars. There's money and this corruption. To me, it is a big part of the problems that we're seeing. We've got a problem with our, our fiat money system that you need to be aware of. Be careful where you're putting your money, what you're investing in. The game has changed completely. 
I think some assets are good to have and, and some are probably not. But assets are certainly better than cash, I believe. It's just me talking there. I think time will prove that to be correct. But uh, this fiat money system is a mess. And the second biggest problem that we have is the corruption, which, like I said, it always boils back to the people. You know, some of the laws have been adjusted and so forth, but it hasn't been really a dramatic. We didn't agree to any changes to the Constitution, right? No. But you've got these unscrupulous characters doing these, these dirty, shady stuff, and it's the whole environment. It's a cesspool, absolute cesspool. I, if you ask me, I would say in the most urgent fashion, in a peaceful manner, government needs to agree with it, we're going to dismantle this government system and replace it with something else, layer by layer, and, and make it as minimalist as possible. I would run the uh, municipalities like community associations. You hire a management company and a management team for a term and let them run it. And what that would do is get the politics out. Not all. You're not going to get it out completely. It's never going to happen. But this interference, what am I talking about? You know with COVID that we were lied to. It's becoming so crystal clear. You know, some of these people that are holding on to this, what do you say to these uh, vaccine deniers? This isn't even a vaccine that we're talking about. My chiropractor tried to explain this to me early on. I, I, I couldn't get it. How does the average person get it? I'm like, it's semantics. No, it's not semantics. You're talking about something that's structurally different, that was not tested, but that one of the people that invented it said, don't do that. But here we go. World Health Summit member admits COVID lockdowns were political, not scientific. And this is what I was getting at, why I spent so much time hammering on to you about unscrupulous people. It's all political, I'm telling you. The elections, the money, the spending, the military, the killing. What do I mean? Unless there's somebody gaining on one end of it, nothing gets done, and, and you'll see things get done that are illegal, wrong, that people don't want, but because it's benefiting a certain person or a certain people, it gets done. That's called political. In other words, your lawyer is interviewing with the prosecutor to help himself while he's siphoning 40 grand off of you to pay off the rest of his credit cards. Now, if it's done with full disclosure, I would say buyer beware. If the lawyer comes, hey, listen, I got to be honest. You know, you got a case in in Orange County, and I can take it, uh, but I need you to know that I'm currently interviewing with the prosecutor's office. Okay, I might actually view that as okay. Well, so you have connections there. Listen, I'm innocent. I know I'm innocent. Maybe you can help me, right? But that's different if it's done with open disclosure. Uh. The World Health Summit member admits COVID lockdowns were political. It's on video. You can watch it in the show notes. I don't know how much more evidence you need. I don't know why people aren't being lined up and arrested. But we hear this every day from the left and from the right, right? I mean, pretty soon everybody's going to be arrested. Sodom and Gomorrah. No. Uh, Tower of Babel. That's what I meant to say. Um, why do I say that this issue bars Trump from serving. Let me give you the story from the Epic Times. I, this blew my mind. As I started to read it, I just, uh, it's another one of those breaking points to me where my, my uh, I don't know, I've, I've lost a, a lot of hope in our country, i got to be honest with you. 
And I don't know if maybe I just need to get the heck away from the news. I've been trying to, you know, pry away a little bit. Uh, the news isn't news. You're, you're, listening, you're, you're seeing on the Internet all AI regurgitated garbage for the most part, right? Um, and uh, But things have changed, really. It's just, you can't trust anything. I've said it over and again, and you know this. You know this. But I see this in you know, maybe I get too caught up in it, but it just, like I said, I've lost confidence in the, the the people of this country. It's like, listen to people on the, on the left and the right. And then I look at this. Pfizer board member. This is the headline. This isn't what I want to talk about. This isn't, has not, is, the, is in, relatively insignificant to me. I've been telling you to get off of social media. Pfizer board member pressured Twitter to censor posts on natural immunity, low COVID risk to children. And they have emails to show it. Only one small problem. Dr. Scott Gottlieb wrote on August 27, 2021, to Twitter executive Todd O'Boyle to request Twitter take action against a post from Dr. Brett Garor, another former FDA commissioner. So... I don't know if, bottom, this guy was um, the head of the FDA. And then, so that's my first question. How does a guy go from head of FDA to board of Pfizer? What kind of little deal is that? Hey, here's the deal. You want to become a board member of Pfizer? The only way to get there? He's a businessman. Normally, to be on the board, you know, money, you're buying that, usually, shares. And that's why you're on the board, to look after your investment. The bigger investors sit on the board. They naturally have more at stake. They run things. That's how it goes. The minority investors don't. This guy's on the board of Pfizer. He's touted as, as a doctor and businessman. How does a guy like that become the head of the FDA? Guess who put him there? Let me make sure I'm right on this. Did Trump actually put him there? He served under Trump. I don't want to misspeak on this. I can't say that Trump appointed him. Didn't even say this. Why isn't it saying it here? The tie to Trump. You know, I look like an idiot, right? Bottom line is, it never should have been happening. And uh, let me see. I have another link here. This is really driving me nuts. I'm sorry. I didn't have my my uh my work done born in 1972 he's a year younger than me his hair is dyed he looks like a schmuck um he is a schmuck senior fellow at the conservative think tank the american enterprise institute he's a conservative a republican a republican on the board of pfizer the republican who made billions of i was just saying yesterday is pfizer going to give that government money back you're talking about all this money you know going into the hands of uh you know, uh, Americans that you, that you don't like, all right, we're getting all these handouts to people. What about this one? I don't. I mean, I, if you got to ask me, all things being equal, you got this person struggling on the street, whatever, they're a bum, they misuse the money, I'd rather give them the money for food than this schmuck with the dyed hair who's going to force the vaccines, and if that's not enough, he's going to violate the First Amendment, and this is all okay. In office, 2017 to 2019, who appointed him? Doggone it. 2017 and 19. It had to have been Trump, right? It was only under President Trump. Is he appointed? Senior advisor to the FDA commissioner? Um, he helped initiate. 
New York's hospital. Oh, I didn't catch this. You kind of look at this. In 2005 to 2007, as the agency's deputy, this is the FDA, Food and Drug Administration, Deputy Commissioner for Medical and Scientific Affairs, where he was appointed to the Senior Executive Service and granted a top-secret security clearance. Why? Why would he have been granted a top-secret security clearance? He was a member of the Biodefense Interagency Working Group to help draft a strategic plan for U.S. biodefense countermeasures. He also worked on advancing a framework for the creation of generic drug user fee program, final implementation of the physician labeling and pregnancy labeling rules, and, and pandemic preparedness. In that latter role, Gottlieb recused himself from key parts of the planning effort on the bird flu vaccine because he had done consulting work for companies whose products might be used. So there was clearly a conflict. Talking about um, prices and his argument for that, I'm not saying he never did anything good. I really don't know the history on that. Gottlieb worked as an advisor to Trump's presidential campaign. And, you know, recently Trump was out saying that, um, you know, uh, what's his name there needed to be Speaker of the House. You know, know, listen, I don't know what the difference between Mitch McConnell and Scott Gleelib and and, uh, what's his name, the Speaker of the House there. What I do know um, is that there's people around Trump that you've got to really look at. This is not uh, any less uh, outrageous than anything that's been done by liberals or on the left. Worse, in my opinion. Like I, I mean, you're going to argue with the Democrats for wanting to do more for, for poor people and more handouts. I agree. We don't need more. But th- 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 what about this? But this is okay? And forget about the money. This isn't just a financial issue. This schmuck appointed by Trump, working with Trump, was working to silence us. In effect, if you ask me, Trump was, in effect, silencing us. What's the difference between him and Biden? And then here's another one I want to give you about Trump while I'm on a roll. And I want to just say this, because I know some of you are listening as you're going to process this whole thing right now. I'll say it. Screw Trump. And I know there's people that can all, listen, I don't play it. I'm done. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Trump guy. I'm me. And if you want to jump in bed with this nonsense, knock your socks off. I can't support it. Here's another one. Trump calls for the ouster of GOP senators who voted for the $1.7 trillion omnibus bill. How about the two disastrous spending bills that Trump signed? The first one said if he said if it's sent to me, I won't sign it. He caved in about 30 seconds and signed it anyway. Turned around and did it again. For huge sums of money. A lot of it that went to Pfizer. What is the difference between Biden and Trump? Tell me. Well, because you like what Trump says a little better? Great. I don't see any meaningful difference. I really don't. I know there's going to be, I'm going to get a ton of emails on this. Go vote for them. Go spend your life on Facebook. I don't care. I don't think I'll be voting for Trump. And I'm going to tell you something right now. I am very plugged into the grassroots Republican crowd. I used to say I kind of had a sense for how the the country was going, feeling, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, I can't really say that anymore. Some of these people, I just really don't get it at all. That I can't even process it.
And uh, so I, I can't say that. You know, things come, I'm like, wow, I can't believe this is even happening. I've said this many times. But the one group that I would say that I am connected with and understand the thinking and the momentum is the grassroots Republicans. And there's a lot of distrust over Trump. These are the very, very uh, serious Trump supporters. You know, these are the, the, the further right than center Trump supporters. And there's a lot of them. And I got to tell you, I'm not sure the support is there. And, uh, you know, Epic Times isn't going to do to connect the dots the way I did. Because nobody tells you the truth the way I do. And, you know, and it's not like every day I've got some big bombshell connection to offer you. But there's been a lot. Exciting things going on in this podcast. It's been, I'm looking, I'm, I just, I can feel it. I don't want to get into that right now. But I'm going to say that the best chance that you're going to have of, of plugging you into a, a truthful perspective. I don't you know, have some big investigative team and, and all this garbage. But I've been connecting the dots for a long time to see what's going on. I think that the Mar-a-Lago thing that I said with the documents, I think Trump taunted them and had wanted that on purpose as a political stunt. I really do. I believe that more now than ever. All you had to do was give them back. It sounds like this is normal course of business. Whatever. What does that matter to us? None. And you say, well, I still think we'd get a better deal with Trump. I did lower taxes. But then what did he, I said it, and then he ran up the debt. There's no difference. There's no difference. I do think he cares. I'll start there. I think he cares, well, at least he seems like he does, but not everybody would say that. So I got to share, I got to switch gears. I wanted to just share that with you. This, uh, you know, Trump, uh, Pfizer appointee to the FDA, who was then trying to silence uh, natural remedies to COVID. How awful is that? What about people that couldn't take the vaccine? This guy needs to be brought up on criminal charges. Him and Trump for going along with it. There you go. Yeah, am I a little worked up? I am. This is BS. You know, and you expect it from Biden, right? At least he's a, a known lying schmuck. Trump, we had a little hope. I just feel completely betrayed by the whole thing. This whole thing with the midterms, and I don't know. I don't know what to say. On another topic of interest, there's a fascinating write-up here. I could not believe this. Um, It's a lot of what I suspected, uh, but here it is uh, being put to paper, if you will. And the article here, uh, this is from hotair.com, which is not one of my go-to information sources. The title is Groomers Everywhere. The Chicago Chicago School District had 600 complaints, uh, most of them somewhat verified. I don't want to misspeak on this. You can check it out yourself, but inappropriate contact or, or, or interactions between adults and minors, 600 in a year. Uh, by the math, and it's a little fuzzy to me, so I'm not going to say this 100%, they claim this is uh, two and a half times more significant than any peak observation of what was going on at the Catholic Church. I bring this up, I talk a lot about the, the, uh, the transgender issue, the mental health problem associated with it. Um, 
And there's something else that I've talked about I want to bring up again, uh, and that is this idea that if you're going to own a dog, and I don't mean all dogs, a poodle probably would be different, but um, if you're going to own like a pit bull or a shepherd, you need to be prepared to kill the dog, bottom line. I've said that, and a lot of people don't get it. Like, that just sounds barbaric. Well, first of all, I want to tell you, I treat my dogs extremely well. I mean, they're the, I told you, my pit bull, I can pull her up on my lap. She's the most lovable thing. We, they get a lot of attention, a lot of love. Um, the pit bull's overweight because she's a food bully. We let her get away with it. Uh, but we love our dogs. That's why we have them. So it's not like we're looking to kill our dogs, right? But the dogs know that there's a boundary and that I'm not playing with that boundary. There's no room for negotiation. The boundary is the boundary, and that's it. And if you mess with the boundary, it's going to be catastrophic. What would that boundary be? Biting my daughter. They're there to protect my daughter, not to bite her, right? This goes back to that integrity. If I can't trust you to do that, you're not. You have no more value as a dog. You become a liability. You're dead. That's simple. Would I automatically do that? No. Don't get crazy. I'm just saying you need to prepare to be. Because the reason the dog knows, dog knows, like I'm not going to bite because if I do. But then we reinforce with lots of positive attention, and we get good behaviors out of our dogs as a result. It's the same, and the reason you have to do that is because the dog is a dog, right? Just like the scorpion is a scorpion. Dog's not going to change. You know, you look at, um, uh, what what do you call it, Um, German shepherds. It's like the closest thing to a wild dog that we still have. Our dog, Duke, he's part shepherd. You can see it. Shepherd and lab. The shepherd makes them nuts. The lab makes them lick you. You know, he just and he can be menacing in himself. It's you know, you look at him. He's pretty wild. The way he runs, he's aggressive. And we got to keep him on a short leash, so to speak. They don't even, these dogs don't even wear collars, by the way. Just run. But uh, you know, Duke, Shepherd, BB uh, with the uh, um, pit bull in her, our little dog. You know, she's a whole different thing. But they know. They know when I look at them, like, don't mess with me, dog. And they don't. They need to know the boundaries because they're dogs. And this is what dogs do. In the natural, the dog would hunt you down. We're not in the natural. where The dogs are domesticated. The dog needs to be loyal to us. But it's a little different than its natural environment. Dogs are good at it, right? That's why we keep dogs. Certain animals are, certain animals aren't. Right? We don't keep bobcats in the house because bobcats don't uh, domesticate very well. But dogs do. But it's still, it's not their natural behavior. So what does this have to do with transgender and sexual assault in schools? It's the same with pedophiles. The pedophile can not help themselves. Do you understand that? They have no self-control. You say, you know, the person who fantasizes, people have all kinds of crazy fantasies, um, it probably as diverse as there are people. But, you know, you know that there's boundaries, right? Even if you have fantasies. And you have people that are into kinky things and whatever, they may find groups, and but they set boundaries even to that, right? Even if you're into some of that really heavy stuff. I don't know too much about this, but I think like, there's like rules, safe words and stuff, right? I'm if, I, you know, if I say cow, I'm not kidding, right? Ow is fun in that world, but cow means I'm not kidding around, whatever. Pedophile, they don't know those bounds. They can't help it. They they spend their whole lifetime convincing themselves that you know it's it's normal and, and there's a reason why. I'm just a, just a little taste. That's all. I'm not going to hurt anybody. Just be nothing. I would love you. Can't stop themselves. What's going on in their head? You wouldn't be able to relate to. 
It's not a well, it's a little gender dysphoria. No. <laughs> There's no little just that gender dysphoria, like mentally ill. You're having a mental health problem, seriously. And you need to stay away from children in the process. And if you don't, I'm going to kill you. Do you understand that? With a big smile on my face. And that has to be the boundary because the pedophile is always going to be a pedophile. The pedophile doesn't undo himself. Maybe they can be trained. Maybe they can be drugged. I don't know. But they need the best thing they need to know is that there's consequences. I don't know. The priests, the teachers... Drag him out by the hair. You can't do that. We lived in a civilized society where we believe in justice. But how many children's lives? I mean, I think about this in the Chicago school system. The parents are addicted to drugs. The teacher's raping them. And we wonder why the kids are so messed up. Well, then I saw this. Some trans people are preparing to flee the United States and seek asylum in another country. They interviewed one couple I really don't understand this couple. The guy is clearly a guy, ugliest female type I've ever seen. I, I don't understand this at all. And then I don't know if it's a woman. It does appear to be a girl. It's just really, really strange to me, this whole. <laughs> I've heard that the guys are doing it as a way to get sex with women. Like, are women attracted to feminine men? Like, what, what is going on? I, I don't get it. But anyway, this article is saying some trans people or some trans, these two, are thinking about leaving because they don't feel safe. To which I'm like, great, we're making some progress. We're running them the hell out of here. House Republican files articles of impeachment against the border uh, secretary. You agree with that, right? I don't. I don't. I don't like this guy. I think he's a big liberal and whatever, but um, and not interested in really securing the border. But it, this is not his fault. And firing him isn't going to change anything. We seriously need to change the immigration laws. I think it was Bush one tried it. And this is why Democrats are blaming Republicans. Bush one tried it and it failed with Republican control. Why? Because the the selfish Republican business interest side wants that cheap labor. I'm going to talk more about that. Biden and Trudeau also taking advantage of the cheap labor in Mexico, announcing a new deal to expand the uh, whatever, NAFTA or whatever it is. I wanted to just mention this. Andrew Tate. Uh, to remain in Romanian jail after losing his appeal. He also got uh, hurt. He's in the hospital back in jail, and they're holding him. This is pretty crazy what they're doing to this guy. I'm not even aware of any charges yet, but who knows if we would know. Over 100 parties want to buy parts of FTX. This is that defunct, bankrupt um, you know, digital uh, money scam that was given all the money to Democrats. Who's the 100 parties? Where's the investigation for the people to get their money back that they got scammed out of? You'll never see it. Listen to this story. You want to talk about politics and corruption? I don't know if you remember this story. In Georgia during the presidential election, there was video that came out. It was on the mainstream media. The polls were closed. The poll watchers were ushered out. And they pulled out suitcases underneath of ballots and put them in. It turns out Biden won Georgia by only 11,000 ballots, easily something that could be put in suitcases. That wasn't enough to change the outcome of the election, though, so they say. Well, the woman who was doing that was now awarded the Presidential Citizens Award. She was being investigated. They whisked her away, put her in hiding for a while. She actually admitted to what she had done. This is uh, really crazy stuff to me. Really crazy. Who knows what payout she's going to get? 
we can we can give you some money. Don't worry, this will all go away. Wow. That easy. That easy to buy. It was caught on camera. Now come on, a couple of suitcases. It's eleven thousand votes, my friends. Biden to tackle illegal. I want to leave you with this story. This, this, to me, speaks to the depravity of society. Biden to tackle illegal immigration by more making more migrants qualify as legal. Right. Okay, great. It's good for business, the cheap labor. people. Nobody wants to do Right? That's what we're told. Great. They're picking produce, whatever. Not causing any problems. Everything's great. Don't think that someday they're not going to want to be, you know, actually like you in a house and all these things. Wait, wait, but he's not talking about making them citizens. So you're creating this whole subculture, this whole uh, sub-society, I don't know what you call it, indentured servitude. It is morally wrong what we're doing. There's no doubt that these people coming across the border, by and large, uh, have been suffering under oppressive conditions, poverty, and are probably in some way and somehow looking for a better way of life. They're disadvantaged. Let's just put it that way. They don't have a lot. You're not walking from Mexico if you're wealthy. Do we agree? They're disadvantaged. They're poor. Whatever else you want to think about them. And American business, together with the American Gestapo, seems to be just fine with that uh, in making sure that they're kept in that very same condition. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't recall that that was the story of Ellis Island. I don't recall that that was the the beacon that that brought people here from around the world, what America was supposed to be. I don't know. An idea that people could unite, that they would be in charge of the government. People aren't united and we're not in charge of the government. Maybe that's why, right? That's the way that goes. That's it for today. Another day down. God willing, I'll be back tomorrow. I sure hope to see you there. In the meantime, make it a great day.